Now, a couple of years ago, I reviewed the film Blue Rune, which came out to great acclaim, kind of a debut, or at least as a, a proper semi-big film for Jeremy Solnier. And it was uh, hugely acclaimed, and I said half brilliant, half... It basically was brilliant up until the halfway stage, and it became far more ordinary. And it kind of followed a pattern I'd seen in lots and lots of films like that, where it's a southern pot boiler, criminals, so-and-so, uh, and ends up in the usual grisly carnage. And, and I thought the last half of the film, like the first half was very original. The guy is a tramp living in a car, massive beard, doesn't speak, and you are slowly drawn into his world and what's happened to him. Whereas the second half was kind of like what you've seen a lot. But it was a good film. It was a really good film as a first-time director of, of a big canvas film. Uh, great lead performance in it as well. He's come back with Blue, uh, sorry, The Green Room, which was released in May. And has also got a great deal of acclaim. Again, I'm going to probably end up... No, not quite similar. Um, it stars uh, an immensely appealing lead couple, uh, Anthony Yelchin, who is the guy that just killed himself running over himself in his car, who played um, the Russian on Star Trek. And it's actually for the first time I've not remembered who that character's name is. But uh, he's... He's very good in this film, a real loss, I think. And Imogen Poots, who is like Alice Vikander, who turns up everywhere. Is it Alice Alicia or Alice Vikander? Uh, seems to be turning up everywhere. And look, Imogen Poots is turning up. Uh, and they and their friends are a group of hard-rocking, well, actually more close to um, hardcore rocking, as in out-and-out -out, um, hardcore punk where people are pogoing and thrashing and throwing themselves in. And they're traveling across America. They've got zero money. And they end up taking a gig along the way. It's in a remote location in kind of like this sort of uh, retreat slash farmhouse slash bunkhouse, whatever you want to call it anyway. It's a venue. And when they get there, Yes, it is a hardcore punk venue, but it's populated by neo-Nazis, proper neo-Nazis as well, um, who are wearing the full regalia and doing whatever. And um, they play their gig, and they're very uncomfortable about what's going on, obviously, but they're kind of not really given much choice, given they've got no money to even go anywhere until they get paid, and they don't really seem to care that much either. As they're going to leave, one of them accidentally opens a door to one of the offices upstairs and sees a woman with a knife through her head lying on the floor completely dead. And from that moment on, all of the people in the room basically end up trying to keep them there while they work out what to do. And it becomes one of those films where there's a group of people locked in a room trying to stop the outsiders coming in whilst working out how they're going to get out of this scenario. Um... And it, it's not that original because I have seen quite a few films where someone has been dealing with an outside force trying to get into a room. Quite recently I reviewed one on this show where it was a, a blind woman or a deaf woman who... Um, no, it was a deaf woman and she had the, uh, the outside force that she was trying to block out and at the same time work out how to get out. Uh, lots of films seem to have that same basic trajectory. Um there's not much more you can add to the story except for the fact of the the star card here is Patrick Stewart, 
the legendary British actor Patrick Stewart. Um, he shows up as the head honcho of the neo-Nazis. He leads the organisation and he works out a variety of different methods to try and deal with them. He's obviously the brains of the outfit. Um, for instance, they manage to phone the police. When the police get there and, he, and the, the call's cut short but they say there's been a stabbing. Um, when the police turn up, they actually get one of their own to stab the other person and take the rap for it so they can explain that away to the police. That's what the stabbing phone call was about and so on. So it's a game of wits and it's also a game of violence as well as uh, <coughs> the uh, two sides fight each other with increasing brutality. Um, when it did come out, it came out and it was quite controversial and I kind of got the feeling it was going to be in the realm of torture porn. Uh, due to the extreme stuff that happens. But it really wasn't. Um, there's a few sequences in it. There's a guy that gets his arm nearly cut off through a doorway. That's very, very, very extreme. But outside of that, there aren't that too many things in it. The, it's like the girl with the knife for her head. You, you see lying on the floor after the whole thing's happened. It's not like you see any of that. Um, it's a very rote storyline. And I do wonder, if this guy seems to come up with great premises. The Blue Ruin premise was great. And then it became a rote film, uh, like a, a genre exercise. And this one is kind of the same. The premise, hardcore punk, uh, punk band. I loved that side of it. And I loved the way they uh, came on stage and played the Dead Kennedy song just to incite the neo-Nazis. And all of that sort of rang true and was interesting. You don't normally see rock bands this hardcore playing in a movie there's you know they're normally a, a different level these are like complete and utter almost grindcore out there music uh, and the neo-nazi setting in the woods and everything was really good um but it's kind of follows on from that with the the basic setup for a locked in the room horror movie which is is kind of what it is um i did enjoy it though i i'm trying to work out in my head whether it's a better or a worse film than blue ruin there really isn't much to say about it because of the story being that simple. Um, I would say it was consistently good all the way through to the end. And I kind of like the end as well. Um, but it's certainly not worth the 90-odd percent it's got on Rotten Tomatoes. So I'll give Green Room. It's a definite worth watching. Um, and I really, really never appreciated how good an actor Anton Yelchin was. Imogen Poots is okay in it. And she's turning up absolutely everywhere at the moment. Um, I would say seven and a half out of ten for Green Room.